0: Welcome to the podcast of Crew in Southeast Ohio. I'm Chad Helmer, and I'll be your host. And we're grateful that you've tuned in today. Crew is a caring community passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. And today, we're really excited to be doing something a little different. Last Saturday, we hosted our one-day fall conference in Logan, Ohio. And many students from campuses of Southeast Ohio, Ohio University, OU Lancaster, Marietta, OU Zanesville, Hawking College, the University of Rio Grande, students from all over joined for a day of worship, teaching, community, and a lot of games and a lot of fun. And at that conference, students were given the opportunity to attend two of four different seminars that were on offer that afternoon. So over the next four weeks, we'll be featuring the presenters of those seminars to talk more about their topic and to present their content to our listeners. And today, I'm really excited to have on the podcast my friend, Jason Hoffman. Jason, welcome. Thanks. Great to be here. Fun to have Jason with us. Jason is a good friend of mine. Jason and I go back over, well, almost 20 years now. Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been on staff with CREW, and maybe some
1: interesting facts that we don't know about you. Yeah, as you said, I've been on staff uh, pretty much since I graduated college, graduated from Ohio University, and now I've been on staff here. Uh, Also, I've served overseas for a year in South Asia. Um, I'm on staff now at Ohio University and also visiting Zanesville pretty regularly to meet with students there. Uh, married to my wife, Casey, and we have uh, four kids. That's awesome.
0: So Jason's four kids, they were just running around before the podcast and had the opportunity for my daughter and their kids to go trick-or-treating last night, which was a lot of fun. And so, well, Jason's going to be on the podcast today talking to us a little bit about evangelism and a particular kind of evangelism that we call natural mode evangelism. And uh, when we talk about the natural mode of evangelism, we're talking about relationships, uh, doing evangelism with Friends, family, classmates, people that we already have a relationship with, kind of in the natural flow of our regular day-to-day lives. And so, Jason, I'm curious. I know that when we talk about sharing Christ with others, there are lots of different emotions and experiences that people have. And some people hear a word like evangelism, and a number of different images come to mind. I'm curious, as you've interacted with students or others, how do they react to the idea of evangelism?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think evangelism is one of those words that some people almost have a visceral reaction to. Mm -hmm. They almost picture themselves putting on some sort of boxing gloves and getting ready for some sort of verbal spar, Um, because there's just been so many different experiences of evangelism. There's been times where people have felt very cornered or very pressured, where they've maybe been on the street and had someone yelling at them, maybe through a bullhorn, maybe some different experiences that have been pretty negative. And so I think that makes sense, some of that picture. Also, as it's portrayed in media often, especially a Christian having a conversation with someone that may not know Christ, often looks like a debate. And that's really a lot in our bigger culture too. Of Anybody that's put in media, television, radio, when they're talking about issues, it's normally two polar opposites that are, that are yelling at each other. And so I think we can have a negative view of evangelism. But I've actually been doing some reading recently, and especially a guy, Christian Smith, who is a Christian sociologist, is just to research different teenagers and people in different stages of life and has come across with some uh, come out with some pretty um, interesting data that I think pushes against some of those notions and I'll just share a few things one is that overall people actually have a really positive view of religion he's he's talking about Christianity but also looking at a few different religions but he says overall people have a fairly positive view of religion in fact in one of his studies it was less than 20 people 20 percent of people had a very negative or somewhat negative view of religion. And I think that matches up with my experience. Maybe one out of every five people will have a more negative experience in a conversation. But for the most part, people were either neutral or positive. Hmm. And the other thing I was actually pretty fascinated by is, as he talked to people that would self-identify as Mm -hmm. non-religious, it was actually their openness to practicing religion, as they Hmm. would say. And I think sometimes we have a notion that people are looking at a whole bunch of Different religions a variety of religions including eastern or maybe african religions Um, But actually his data showed that for non-religious people The one thing that they would most try if they were to try something religious is actually Christianity the common (laughs) practices of Reading the Bible praying or going to church And so for me what that's helped me to do is I can picture when I'm having a spiritual conversation or engaging in quote-unquote evangelism I don't need to come in with a picture of a boxing glove stepping into a ring. I'm just walking along someone having conversations with them that might actually be even kind of common for them. That's not necessarily off-putting, but might might be a little bit different, but it's not totally unnatural. And it's certainly not a negative experience for most people.
0: Hmm. That's, um, I mean, I think that's incredibly helpful because, uh, I mean, yeah, so much of what we see in popular media, at least, is that um, you know the religious person—they're either combative and uh, sort of dogmatic in a way that you have this picture of a, a a battle or a conflict between a religious person and a non-religious person, or you have this picture. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, people who say they don't have a particular religious affiliation. We just assume that they must be atheists. But what I hear you saying is, well, they're not—they're—they're not. They're, they're not uh, the statistics is that they're not uh, combative, and then they're also that they're lack of affiliation is that they're really open to having conversations about Christianity, open to having spiritual conversations and considering things, and that Christianity sounds like it's at the top of the menu of options that they might be open to. So Mm -hmm.
1: am I hearing that right? Yeah, that's exactly
0: right. That's awesome. So, I mean, so we don't have to think of it as a combative conversation. Really, it's a conversation we're having with someone who's, um, statistically, they're open. Statistically, um, they have a positive view of, uh, what you might even be talking with them about in evangelism. Tell us what are some of the steps that we could begin to take to engage in evangelistic conversations with family, friends, coworkers, those kinds of folks.
1: Yeah, that's a great question because um, I think a lot of us, maybe have, as we spent time in a great community of other believers, as we even just study the Word, we realize God has called us to be a light to other people. But that can actually there's a lot of challenges to that. And for me, there's been a lot of different resources, so I'm sure what I'm going to share is kind of a combination of all those. But I think of three steps that someone can take. And really, there are three modes of uh, engaging with other people. And the first one is, I'll just say all three, we need to be around people, we need to be available to them, and we need to be aware of them. So I'll walk through each of those briefly. The first step is, if we want to engage in spiritual conversations, or if we want to Hopefully, have conversations where we're sharing about Christ with them. We just have to be around other people. <laughs> it might really seem uh, simple. You might say, "Of course, Jason. That uh, how could you think any different?" But I think we need to really evaluate: Am I around other people that I don't know where they're at spiritually? <laughs> they might be Christians. They might not follow Christ, but we don't know. Are we at least around people physically, or some uh, you know kind of virtually in this during mm-hmm. the pandemic? But Do we talk to people? Are we in the same space as they are? So we need to be physically or virtually physically kind of around other people. Mm -hmm. But then the second step I'd say is, are we available to those people who are around? And when I say available, I mean relationally available, Mm -hmm. open to have conversations with them, engaging with them about the kind of common things of life. I think of myself as a student, um, I was around a lot of other people I was in classes with them I was in labs with them so I was physically around them but I was not relationally available I was the kind of guy that if class was at 8 a.m. I would skip it probably but if class was at 10 a.m. I would show up at 9:59 a.m. sit at the seat either in the back or closest to the door and when, when I knew lecture was going to end at 11 a.m. my bag was packed at 10:58, I was ready to get out of there. So that means as soon as class was over, I was gone. So even though I was physically around 20 to 30 other people pretty regularly, I was not relationally available to them. I wasn't there to ask them just how'd the test go, uh, how are you doing on the homework, what'd you do this weekend. I wasn't there at, available to them at all. And I think I was kind of like that in work environments too. I'd clock in right before I needed to clock out, keep my head down. Um, so I think the second step is we need to actually be available. Just having conversations and relationships about common things with others. And then the third thing I think is being aware of them. I take this from, uh, there's a passage in Matthew 9, which re- it's really fascinating. Jesus comes upon all these crowds. And typically as people come upon, come upon crowds in the New Testament, uh, especially the disciples and other religious figures, they don't like the crowds too much. They want the crowd to get out of the way. The crowds are a hindrance. But it says Jesus sees the crowds and he has compassion for them. He sees them and he's aware that they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus sees people through the through the lens of eternity. He realizes what's going on at the heart of who they are. So we need to be aware of how people are spiritually. Are we viewing them as eternal beings when we're with them? And I know so often for me when I'm around other people, whether it was coworkers or students or neighbors, their life just looks fine to me. It doesn't look like there's any major problems mm-hmm. and intellectually, I know I'd want them to to know and follow Jesus, but almost emotionally, I don't have that compassion that Jesus has. I don't have that yearning inside of me, realizing that that internally they really are there's brokenness that needs healed by our Lord, that there's grace they need to experience that there's things going on in life, lies that they've believed about who they are and what's true of the world that really harasses them, and they need rescued by the king. They need the love and compassion of the king. And so we need to be aware of them, seeing them through the eyes of Jesus. So I'd say those three things, being around people physically, but being next step is actually being relationally available to them and then seeing them through the eyes of Jesus, being aware of their true spiritual reality are some great first steps.
0: That's great. Yeah, those are, those are great first steps. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, Jason, it's convicting. Even thinking about that second point you talked about availability, I know I'm guilty of sort of rushing from one thing to the next to the next um, without regard for how God might use those margins, those, those times in between. And I think about those are great examples you gave after class or before class, you know, kind of uh, on your way to class. Um, back when we used to go to physical classrooms, right? But um, but it's interesting thinking about that a relational. Availability. Uh, I hear you advocating a sort of evangelistic loitering, sort of hanging out, um, waiting, and saying, "Okay, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna loiter here a little longer and see how you might use this." And I think it's always been convicting for me because I think about the ways that. You know, sometimes you read through the Gospels and Jesus' ministry looks like one long series of interruptions. He's he's always on his way somewhere where someone then approaches him or he's, you know, he's on his way to go do something and something else happens. And my natural bent is to want to um, avoid distractions, brush them aside and get to where, you know, to the goal of where I'm headed. Um, but slowing down, being available um, and then that awareness is so good. So good. Um. So I'm curious, so say someone has, you know, these relationships and they want to have a conversation, but they just don't know how, you know, you, you can be uh, around people, you can be available, you can be aware. But then there comes that moment where you've got to open your mouth or, you know, open your ears and begin to engage in a conversation. Any specific suggestions in terms of starting a conversation about Jesus?
1: Yeah, uh, I'd say one of the best places to start is thinking through asking good questions of people. Some of this comes from a great resource, Questioning and Evangelism, by Randy Newman, which I'd highly suggest. Mm-hmm. But questions are a great way to engage other people, to get to know who they are, and to get deeper in a conversation. And I think of some different kinds of questions that we should all have, you could say, in our tool belt. kinds of mm-hmm. questions that we're really comfortable asking other people. And I think the first set of questions are questions that just move us from not having any kind of relationship with someone to moving into just having a conversation. So going Mm -hmm. from no conversation or only work-related or class-related conversation to now having a personal conversation with them. Not Mm -hmm. even a spiritual conversation, but it's how to move from no conversation to personal conversation. Mm -hmm. The next set of questions move us from a personal conversation to a spiritual kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. And then you can picture having the kinds of questions that move from a religious or spiritual conversation to now we're actually talking about specifically the gospel how someone could come to know christ so i think we need to have maybe two to three questions that we're really comfortable and familiar with to move from each of the in each of those through each of those categories so if you're anything like me like i said i would show up to work in some of my summer jobs i clock in and i do my job and i just did not want to interact with other people mm-hmm. it's either because i felt uncomfortable um, I didn't feel like I was like the the most initiative kind of person But really it's because I didn't have good questions to ask them And mm-hmm. so we need to have two to three questions that if it's with our friends or neighbors Our classmates our workmates we can just say You know an easy one would be hey, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Um, if you're in class with someone how was the test? Um, are you studying any time this week? You're just asking them basic questions but you, for many of us, we actually have to come into the day or come into that moment saying, I am actually going to talk to this other person. Now probably for 20% of you out there, you're wondering why I would even bring this up. It comes so naturally. You just engage with everyone around you. But a lot of us are really hesitant to make that first step. I would look at other people and think, they have all their friends already in the class. I feel, I feel like the outsider. I don't know how to break in. So you actually have to have those two or three questions. What would you do this weekend? How's class going? How'd work go yesterday? Just some basic questions to move from no conversation to personal conversation. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a few just to get to know them more. Like, hey, where are you from? Um, You have any siblings? Um, Have you worked any other jobs? How'd you decide to come to OU? Some questions like that, or come to the college you're at. The next kind of questions are moving from that personal conversation to a spiritual conversation. And the one question I'd say everyone should just have in their back pocket, ready at any moment, is, "Hey, tell me, do you have much of like a religious background?" Mm-hmm. The, or you could, another way you could say it is, "Did you go to church much growing up?" And as I talked about earlier, that's not an offensive question. Actually, a really high number of people will have had some experience with church. Mm-hmm. And so, by just asking them what their religious or church background is, I think you won't you won't get strange looks. People will feel. Uh, like, that's a pretty easy question to answer. And they can be ready to follow up with that. You know, if they say they have a church background, you could say, Hey, I'm interested. Like, do you go to church regularly here in town? And if they say yes, that's great. You can engage with them in some of those spiritual topics. If they say no, you could ask them some follow up questions to that, even. I'm interested. Is that, do you not go to church? Is that one of those things where you made a conscious choice to stop going to church? Or is it just one of those things where you didn't find a place to go? So all these questions are just kind of getting to know people questions, but they're moving it into like spiritual, religious kind of talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there's other things you engage in them just by what you're learning. So I think it's a totally natural question, especially if someone already knows some of your background, if they already know you're engaged in church, maybe attend Bible studies. I think it's a really unoffensive thing to say, hey, at my Bible study this week, we're actually talking about prayer. And I've been wondering how many people pray. Like, is that something a lot of people do? I'm curious, like, do you, if I can ask, do you pray or have you ever prayed before? Mm-hmm. Have you read the Bible before? Um, I think those are inoffensive questions that you can just ask people, especially about those practices, that they'd be more than willing to engage in. Mm-hmm. So if those questions to move into any kind of relationship, now those questions to move in a spiritual kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'd say there's two last kinds of questions. And they're really trying to move into the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say they're, uh, you can say quote-unquote sometime questions. You've got to have great conversation. You feel like there's opportunities to tell them more about your spiritual story of coming to know Christ or to actually walk through some passage or maybe a tool to share the gospel. You could say, hey, I really enjoy getting to talk about these things. Um, as you know, my face is pretty important to me. Can I share with you more about that sometime? Can we grab coffee sometime next week or something? Or can I show you this resource that's been really helpful for me and making sense of who Jesus is. I didn't really know much about who Jesus was, but this tool really helped me. I'd love to share it with you sometime. Can we, can we see if that could happen? The other kind of sometime question I think becomes more and more valuable. Um, I think currently if you're in class, it's great, but it's also true of neighbors if you've, after you've graduated is the invitation question. Mm-hmm. If you've got to talk about some of these things, just saying, hey, uh, I have a great church I found. You know, I, I had a few different experiences with churches growing up, but the people at this church are awesome. And the teaching has been really helpful and encouraging and challenging. I think you'd really like it. Would you Would you want to come to church with me sometime or to a Bible study with me sometime? I think, a, I think we're, we'd be pretty surprised at the number of things people would come to with us if we just invited them, if we just mm-hmm. were rac- relationally available and connected with them. Um, people are curious about these experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I think just inviting them into it. And again, with all these questions, there's so much more we could talk about. These are not just tricks. These are not just kind Mm -hmm. of manipulative things. As we ask them, we really want to be listening to people. We want to be Mm -hmm. hearing from them. We want to be responding to them. And these are ways of loving them. We're getting to know them on more than just a surface level. We're getting Mm -hmm. to know more deeper parts of who they are. So we're, we're listening to them. We're caring for them or even internally just praying to the Lord as we're in these kinds of conversations. So I think those would be those that are most helpful for me is having uh, the right tools, having specific questions to move through each kind of specific category are great to have and almost have memorized and maybe even practiced.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Um so many things there that are so practical and so helpful. But I even think about um Jason you named it. it it's it's usually my go-to question I think about when I get my hair cut I ask this question you know I remember um when I before I was in full-time ministry uh the question I would ask often uh you know do you have a spiritual background or do you have any kind of religious background just a really and it would come up so naturally you know I would ask someone what they did on the weekend they would ask me and I'd say well I was at church I'm curious do you have any kind of spiritual background and so I think, I think those practical tips, moving from no conversation to personal conversation, personal conversation to spiritual conversation, and then spiritual conversation to gospel conversation. And then those, those sometimes questions. Just, um, I, I love the power of that word sometimes. It takes someone off the defense. They don't have to give you a yes or no right now, but it gives them the opportunity to let, you know, you have the chance to let them know you want to invite them to something. You want to share something with them. But it really put it really opens it up so that it's on their terms in a way that can be really helpful, I think, and um, uh, in a way that they can sort of make that decision. So, um, and the thing that you said, Jason, I think is so important. Uh, people want to talk about this. One of the things that uh, I think we're prone to forget is that God has created every person as a spiritual being. They're on a spiritual journey, and it's fundamentally human to think about life's big questions about heaven and hell and the afterlife and if there's a god and and what god might be like. And so I th- I think at least in my experience there's a hunger and a desire for people to talk about these things, but often they have no one to talk to about them. So I think I think uh, as a way of loving them and asking questions and getting to know people, we're loving people just as we step out in faith and engage in the conversation. We're giving them an outlet to talk and process and think about things that they very much, uh, it's at the core of who they are, sometimes whether they know it or not. So I think that's incredibly helpful. Um, so just wrapping up here, I'm i am curious, let's imagine, um, you know, we've got listeners on the podcast, they hear uh, these really practical tips, they've got a plan, maybe they've got a person in mind they want to talk to, they've got some first steps, but um, where do we go from here? What might be some other resources or things that uh, students could begin to check out that would help them grow in their skills? Because it really is a skill um, and the power of the Holy Spirit, stepping out and you know and, and sharing Christ with others. Where would you point them? Some other resources?
1: Man, there's so many excellent resources, but I think the few that I would mention right now are the Question of Evangelism book by Randy Newman. I mm-hmm. really liked that because he just comes from a wealth of experience talking to friends and family about Christ. Mm. And he talks about these questions, how they can uh, bring us into great conversations, but he also talks about, which we didn't get to today, how to use questions when tough topics come up, how to use uh, questions of other people to really engage deeper um, when maybe uh, some more difficult conversations come up. So question evangelism by Randy Newman Mm -hmm. would be one of my first books I'd recommend. (laughs) Um, And a little bit, Different approach, but I would really encourage reading the book like More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. Hmm. It's a super short, maybe 90 pages, really tiny book. Um, Kind of a shortened version of one of his longer classics. Josh McDowell was an apologist, really studied some of the historic and logical reasons for Christian belief reading that book as one of the first books i read after coming to know christ gave me a wealth of confidence to engage in conversations Mm -hmm. because now i knew there was great reasons behind my faith Mm -hmm. now i don't often pull all those things out in the spiritual conversation the things josh talked about in his book but it actually just gave me more confidence of why do i actually believe god's revealed himself in the bible Mm -hmm. um why do i actually believe jesus was real and actually resurrected from the dead uh... some some why do I believe that Jesus is the only way to God? He helped me give confidence that when I'm engaging with other people, even if I don't know it in the moment, there's been a lot of um, really smart Christians that have thought about these things for a <laughs> long time and resources I could go to. So it'd be two places to start. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on campus somewhere, especially in a crew movement, there's this uh, material called Cojourner's material, which is incredibly helpful uh, in a much more detailed way of walking through how to engage in these kinds of conversations lead someone to christ and even when obstacles come up maybe faith uh or reason obstacles or faith obstacles someone might encounter and in come into christ how do we help build bridges over some of those obstacles um, but then also just look at the scriptures too yeah. i mean it's incredible if you open the gospels to see how jesus interacts with people he move, he initiates he moves into relationships he asks questions uh, he loves people. He He's willing to challenge people in an appropriate way. And you just time after time to see Jesus engaging with other people. And in other places, looking at a place like Colossians 4, um, if I got a moment, I could just share briefly why I love this passage. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I would say, the second most powerful missionary ever. There's the Apostle Paul compared to Jesus himself, the Apostle Paul. And in Colossians 4, I think it's 2 to 4 or 2 to 6. Paul actually asks, he says, pray for me. So even the greatest missionary ever knows he needs prayer. He asks for prayer for doors to be opened Mm -hmm. to to the gospel. He knows God needs to open these doors, but he also needs to have eyes to see those opportunities. Then he says, pray for me that I might make my message clear. And I think we could all feel that. We uh, want to be engaging in conversation. We want to make things clear why we believe what we believe. Mm -hmm. And he continues to pray that we make the most of our time. Mm-hmm. that we don't have an infinite amount of time with these coworkers and classmates and neighbors that we need to take advantage of the opportunities God gives us and sometimes that means everything won't look perfect but we still need to by faith step through those open doors God gives mm-hmm. and the last thing it's really interesting Paul says and pray that I have a conversation seasoned with salt and this might be the lasting image for me in spiritual conversations he's talking about salt uh, not as a preservative but just as a flavoring and mm-hmm. if you picture any meal you've eaten <laughs> If there's kind of no salt on it, it's fine. It might, But it might be a little bland. You're not excited to run back and have more of it. Mm-hmm. There's way too much salt. You're kind of repulsed by it. You don't want any more. But if it's the right amount of salt, it just tastes good. and You want to come back for more. And I think that's so true in our spiritual conversations. that we're engaging with others, we do want to take the initiative. We do want to be talking about why we believe what we believe and uh, maybe asking really good questions. We don't want people to feel manipulated or overly pressured that'd be too much salt
0: mm-hmm. but
1: we also don't want to be utterly passive there's no salt there and so i would think through ways that, that you'd be able to bring up your faith um in ways with uh people that might not know christ where they walk away saying that was different i don't mm-hmm. often get to talk about these things but because of that reason that actually tasted really good i would love to have more spiritual conversations and learn more about uh christianity
0: I love that, uh, uh, in a, being appropriately salty, neither too much nor too little. And I think, uh, Jason, I think it's a great place to end thinking about um, just this helpful reminder that at the end of the day, it's God who does the evangelistic work, that he's the one who changes people's hearts. He's the one who Paul asks the Colossians to pray that uh, a door might be open. that those opportunities that God, uh, God inevitably is uh, irreducibly is the one who sort of brings those to us, And, uh, of course, there are skills that we ought to develop, uh, habits that we ought to develop, ways of thinking and praying that we can grow in. Um, But at the end of the day, we want to ask God to open the door um, that we might have conversations to proclaim him and his goodness and uh, the glory of his son, Jesus, crucified, buried and raised from the dead. And so um, what a what a helpful way to end and what um, incredibly practical and helpful advice. And so. Jason, grateful for uh, all of this, Uh, helpful practical tools to grow in sharing Christ with people who we already know and have relationships with and meet each day, and so... I'm grateful for your life, for your ministry. Grateful uh, that you've taken time to share this with us today. And uh, for our listeners, we'll go ahead and post some of those resources in the bottom of the podcast and the notes. And so you can check those out. But would really encourage you, take another step, uh, take a practical step in sharing Christ with someone and take a practical step in maybe picking up or looking at one of these resources where you can continue to grow in sharing Christ with others. So, Jason, thanks for being with us today. Appreciate
1: thanks it. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Glad to have you here and um, feel free. I would encourage our listeners check back in next week as we'll continue the series, listening to these four different seminars. So one down three to go. We look forward to the next three. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the One Eighty podcast, a production of crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like a share or leave an encouraging comment. And that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 podcast.